Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden, a holistic psychologist, Reiki master, and astrologer. On this show, you'll discover practical information from both Eastern and Western medicine, as well as ancient cultures, to empower you to live vibrantly. So join me on this powerful journey into transforming all facets of being human, spirit, mind, physical body, and emotions. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining me for today's show. Today, I'm going to be talking about near-death experiences, which are very profound and have been experienced by many different people in many different ways. I'm flying solo today, and so I will be discussing my own experiences with things that have happened to me in my life and how what I've learned from, from those two instances. So let me just jump right in and say that the first experience I had was as a, as a mom, I had given birth to my son and we'll skip all the details of the birth, but suffice it to say, after I gave birth to a wonderfully healthy, beautiful 10 pound baby boy, I hemorrhaged quite dramatically and um, had to be given Pitocin to deliver the placenta. And if there's anybody out there that's going to be having children or be around it, not many people talk about the delivery of the placenta and how all of that works. So if you are pregnant or planning on having children, do talk to your OBGYN or your midwife medical practitioner about, about that process as well, so that you understand all of the parts of the birth process. Anyway, I'll leave that public service announcement aside and just go back to my story. So my body obviously was, was weakened and compromised at that point. And um, a few hours later, I decided that I was going to take a shower. And when I went into step into the shower, I collapsed. And I don't know from the outside to anybody else what, what it looked like to anyone else. I can only explain to you what it was for me. And at that point in time, I lost consciousness. And um, what I experienced was images flashing so fast and people say, you know, your life flashes before your eyes. Well, for me, it wasn't like my life in like a chronological movie type way. It was just intense flashes of different scenes. It felt like it's really hard to explain it. It just, these images were just popping through so fast and they were so bright and um, I couldn't consciously follow anything. It was just, all these images were just flashing through me. And I don't know how long that went on, but then eventually I started to hear what was going on in the room around me. At first, I don't have any recall of hearing anything. There were just these images and I was just engrossed in the images. And then I started to hear the 
the nurses and people in the room and I could tell that there was a lot of chaos going on around me, but um, I couldn't see anything other than these images. And then I, I heard them calling my name and calling my name and calling my name. And apparently they had given me smelling salts and that brought me back around. And I sort of, you know, came back to consciousness and at that point, everybody sort of pretended like it didn't happen, myself included. And I say this to help people be aware of the impact. So what happened is they brought me back around and cleaned me up and all that sort of thing. And then eventually I got sent home and I went on with my life. I honestly think that at the time, my newborn son and my um, and his dad were, were sleeping in the bed while I was attempting to get the shower. So I don't even know that they were really aware of what happened. Obviously the infant wouldn't have been, but there was never a conversation about it after I just kind of went home a little shaken and nobody really said anything. It was kind of like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. And once they got me back into bed and eventually discharged me, there was never a conversation about anything. So I went home, assumed everything was fine and went on my merry way and never talked about it with anyone, you know. So years went by and I just kind of put that somewhere. I guess it probably went somewhere into my subconscious and I didn't really consciously talk about it, think about it, anything like that. And then I was trying to get pregnant and have another child and for years I was not able to get pregnant. I shouldn't say that. I did get pregnant and I had a couple of miscarriages and I didn't understand why. And what happened was I was eventually at some point, I was up at a beautiful healing center called Crossroads Physical Therapy. Some of the most incredible people you'll meet in your entire life. They're in Columbia, Connecticut. And I was in Connecticut and they are physical therapists, but they do also do craniosacral therapy, a lot of the manual therapies, which are also energy-based as well as the functional physical therapy exercises. So I was actually being treated there at that time. And one of the therapists said to me something that changed my life. He said to me that there was an experience that I'd had that was keeping my body locked, basically locked down. My body was in fear and saw pregnancy as danger. And I was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden it all came crashing back. Now think about that. He knew, not because I'd told him, but because he was connected to my body and my body was able to communicate that it was basically afraid of pregnancy. This was not in my conscious awareness. Um, and he was able to communicate that to me. And then I was able to realize, thanks to this wonderful man, that I had never dealt with the fact that I had literally almost died. I had lost a tremendous amount of blood. I had collapsed 
And everybody sort of put me back as Humpty Dumpty, put me back together again and then discharged me and then acted like, you know, nothing happened. And I went like right along with that. I was right on that boat too. I'm not blaming anyone. That was my responsibility. And so once he made me aware of it, then I had to, I didn't have to, I chose to start thinking about that. Am I afraid of being pregnant? Am I afraid? And then it was like, wow, there's this big thing that I sort of hid in the cupboards and pretended didn't exist. And it wasn't until I acknowledged to myself what had happened. And I do think there was something also very therapeutic about being able to have another person present and validate that. So I'm very grateful to him for that. And so I realized that I needed to address that fear and make sure that I could release it and let my body process all of that. That's why I wasn't able to um, maintain another pregnancy after that. And once I did, and there were a lot of things that I did to do that, we need to get into that in this podcast. But once I did, guess what? I got pregnant and I have a beautiful daughter now, thanks to that gentleman helping me understand my own body. And thanks to myself for being willing to look in the dark at something that was scary to me, face it, acknowledge it, accept it, and then move on from it. And I tell you this story because I really want to empower people to understand the impacts of trauma. Now, this was a near-death experience, but the impacts of trauma are no different. It was a trauma. And what happens is that our bodies store the images, the memories, all of our sensory information. It all gets stored in the body. So you can't run away from it, no matter how much you keep yourself busy, no matter how many things you excel at, no matter how much money you earn, vacations you take, whatever you're doing in life, it needs to find its way out. You can't just cover over it. And it will impact you in ways you're maybe not realizing. And obviously with me, it was a very clear one in this case. The fact that my body saw pregnancy as a danger kept me from getting pregnant because my body was trying to, it was in survival mode. And it says, oh, to survive, we can't have, we can't host anybody, any little bodies in here. And until that belief system was uncovered and addressed, I couldn't host any, any little people in, in my womb. And then eventually I addressed it and I had the blessing of having another child. So that was the first experience um, for me. And once again, it's a story to understand that we can always learn. We have the opportunity to learn from experiences that happen in our lives. And we choose to address things or not. Those are our choices. And in that scenario, the medical staff did a fabulous job of bringing me back around and getting my physical health to the part where I could be released. And I looked on the outside like I was 
for the most part functioning. <laughs> um, okay. So second story is the car accident I have mentioned a couple times. This is something that I, I have talked about with other people. I'm not sure what the difference was in the two that I was more comfortable, maybe because of the, the first one being, you know, with around the childbirth, it was probably something a little more hard for me to discuss with people. And I just didn't, I just buried it so deep. I never really talked about it. Now the car accident was something I couldn't really bury because it has taken me years to rehabilitate from. So there was no hiding. There was no hiding the physical effects of that from anyone because they were blatantly apparent in my functioning. But what happened with the car accident is really fascinating. And this, I've, I've had the pleasure to talk to a few other people who have had near-death experiences. And interestingly enough, this aligns with what all of the other people I've spoken with, their experience is that it's very hard to describe. There's really, it's like an experience and a feeling. It's very hard to put into words that experience. And so with the car accident, I was knocked unconscious. And during the time when I was, everything was just black in this experience for me, I wasn't seeing a light or images or anything like that. It was very different than the first experience. Everything was just absolutely pitch black. And then I had this sensation that everything was okay. And literally it was like, I heard it, but I didn't hear it. I knew it wasn't my thought in my head. I knew it wasn't an external voice saying everything is okay. It was a knowing that everything was okay. I don't know if that makes sense. I'll try and say it one more time, maybe a different way. So I felt that everything was okay when I was in that state of unconsciousness. And I felt like I heard it, but I knew I didn't actually auditorily hear it. So it was just a knowing that everything was going to be okay. So when I came to, and I was back in the car now, and conscious, I suddenly came back into this space where everything is extremely chaotic, but I had this sense of peace and this experience in my body of everything's okay, even though I knew my hands were burned and I had other injuries, it didn't matter to me because everything was okay. And it was such a deep level of knowing that what I saw and everything else didn't matter. So this deep sense of knowing, this deep sense of peace was so profound that even when I came to consciousness and heard my son screaming that he was bleeding from the nose and mouth and terrified, I was absolutely calm and turned to him and told him everything was okay. And he thought the car was on fire which it wasn't, it was the uh, airbags. 
But so he thought the car was on fire and was trying to, you know, get out. And I was reassuring him based off of this inner sense, not based off of the fact that I had scanned anything in the car, that everything was, was okay. And the interesting thing about this story is that I very naively thought, now that got me through the initial moments, but I naively took that sense of knowing and thought that that meant Well, what I did is I took that and I interpreted how I wanted to interpret it at first. And so how I interpreted that was everything's going to be okay. That means that tomorrow when I wake up, my life is going to be the same as it it was, you know, yesterday. And that is not at all what happened, but that's what I took it to mean. And it took me a long time to give up on that idea because I had such a deep knowing But where I was lost was that I thought everything being okay meant everything was going to be the same and everything was not the same and has never been the same since then, but everything is okay. But it took me a while to understand the difference that things were going to change dramatically, but ultimately that was all going to be more than okay. And that was a very profound experience for me because I knew that I had connected to something. I don't know if you want to call it higher consciousness, angels, God, spirit, anyone can call it whatever they like. For me, I just know that I knew that there was so much more out there than me and that connecting to that was extremely peaceful and profound and so absolutely loving. And I want people to understand that that wasn't something special for me. It wasn't like, Oh, you're so special. You get to have us. No, that peace, that serenity, that exists for all of us every day. Some of us, apparently in my case, I have had a bunch of different experiences that have driven me in that direction. Other people are able to find it in different ways. And sometimes I say some of us are slow learners. I think I was a pretty slow learner. I needed a lot of, I needed a lot of universal input to move myself along on my path. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of momentum and, and that's okay. We all learn in different ways in different timeframes and, and it's all, it's all can be used. However, however we so choose. And I really, from that story, I want people to understand that there is so much more for all of us to connect to. I was connected automatically to it in that scenario when I was unconscious. How, why, I can't explain any of that. And I do know that for me, the closest to that type of connection that I've had since then really all comes through meditation. And that's why I'm a huge believer in meditation 
And it's one gateway. It's not the only gateway. But I do really want people to understand that there is so much love in the world and it's all around us at all times. And there's so much support and so much guidance and wisdom. And to access it, we really just need to become awake, aware, and accept it because it's all there. It's all there. It's all the time. It's really kind of a process of getting ourselves out of the way, our desire to be busy and distract ourselves, our desire to maybe do what seems simple in the short run and not look at the big picture or the long run. And it's really important that we make ourselves a priority and make connecting to our highest self, higher forms of consciousness, to one another, to love, to God, to spirit, to nature, to all else that's out there because it's all energy and it's all, we're connected to it whether we want to be or not. And when you take the power to make the choice to connect in ways that are healthy, then life can flow. Life can flow a lot, a lot easier and a lot more smoothly. It does not mean that you're not going to have obstacles in life. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it will help you to know how to navigate when those things happen in life. And it makes life much richer, fuller, more more real, really, really just more authentic. So near-death experiences are a clear example of other forms of consciousness. I mean, obviously, in my case, they occurred when I was unconscious and I was connected to another state of consciousness. And you don't have to have a near-death experience to experience altered states of consciousness. Obviously, there's lots of research on people you know, being able to do a variety of things that promote altered states of consciousness, meditation being a big one. And there's a lot of research starting to come out on the use of psychedelics. And these are not street drugs. We're talking about plant-based medicines that are used um, by physicians for targeted uses to help people to achieve, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, basically to achieve altered states for their highest good, to find places of peace and tranquility. And I know that it's been used really effectively with people that are terminally ill cancer patients, that they've been able to find ways to sort of accept their death. And I guess from, I, I guess from what I w- was listening to, it sounds like the, and it's very hard with these types of experiences to explain them, but it sounds like what the people were experiencing was the ability to go to a higher level of consciousness and sort of see that they didn't need to hold on to fear, that they were able to sort of shed fear and anxiety and really embrace peace and embrace themselves as a spirit and let go of the fear. And so apparently it's very profound. It's been very profound for families that have 
used it in that way. And I do think that we will see more information going forward about plant-based medicines for um, for those uses. And it's also been used in addiction as well, and not in this country. Um, so I want to be clear about that. It's not in this country allowed. The, the types of medicines, that the plant medicines that I'm talking about are not allowed in the United States at this time. But they have done a lot of research and shown in other countries that they are effective in use for people with a chronic history of addictions and uh, end-of-life support. So I, I use that as an example of just the fact that there's a lot of ways for us to to connect. And however you choose to do it, it's an important thing for your health and well-being. And I hope that it inspires you to start taking a look at your own life and trying to put together some pieces of things that you might be hiding in the closet that maybe you need to process, take a look at so they don't hold you back, so they don't hold you, sort of hold yourself hostage. Because trauma, fear, shame, doubt, all very, very powerful. Powerful for motivating us in any direction, but also powerful in holding us back from being completely authentically and freely ourselves. So with that, I think what I'm going to do is head on over to the Sparks of Wisdom. Sparks of Wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Sparks of wisdom, oh, 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 As far as sparks of wisdom, I think what I want people to understand the most from today's information is you don't need to have a near-death experience to be able to experience higher consciousness or transcendental transformation you it's available to you at any point in time the biggest thing is that you have to be willing to take the time to get to know yourself you have to be willing to do the work of understanding your shadows understanding how the wisdom of your body understanding how things that are happening in life maybe driving you away from who you really authentically are. And really, my prayer for everyone is that you understand who you uniquely are and find your way home to yourself. So I hope I gave you a few things to think about today as far as understanding that our bodies are very wise and you don't need to have a near-death experience to have things stored in your body. We're all doing it all the time. And so it's a good thing to take a look at and to be aware of and to listen to that wisdom of, that your body holds. And the other piece is to understand that there are incredible experiences and connections that we can make when we take the time to connect to ourselves, to our highest self, to the energy fields that surround us. When we make those connections, we are at our most authentic. We are at 
our highest being here as humans, we would be able to connect with our highest potential. And so it's really key that we be honest with ourselves about who we are, how we're going about our days, our life, and not let time run away being busy on things that really don't have anything to do with who we are. Because it's really easy to get wrapped up in a lot of the material things in in this realm here on planet Earth. But we're spirits that are here in a human body, getting the fantastic experience of all the five senses and all the joys that we derive from being human and being able to smell and taste and see things the way that we do. But our essence is one of spirit. And so near-death experiences help remind us that the bodies are just the vehicles we're using right now. Our spirits, that essence inside, that uniqueness that each one of us has, that's where it's at. So thank you guys for listening. Till next time, be you, be love, and be present.